So my best friend Ross and I were busy at work that one summer in high school, working on the dream job on a millionaire's estate and taking care of landscaping. And you've maybe heard about this, but we were busy doing what we had been told to do. Uh, we were involved on that particular day, <coughs> excuse me, of uh, weeding and, and taking care of uh, the, the beautiful landscaping that surrounded the tennis courts of the Millionaire Estate on Christmas Lake up in Minnesota. And, and as we were working our way around these just beautiful flower beds that lined uh, the fence around the tennis court, uh, it was that Ross and I were talking and having a conversation of, you know, what event we were going to or go to that coming weekend, what concert or uh, what fireworks we were planning to go visit the next weekend, where for Fourth of July weekend, just all the plans that were going on. And, and, and with that, I heard Ross with a yelp go, ah, and like, are you okay? He's like, I'm okay, but come here and look. And, and I walked over. And what Ross had done is, he was using a pruning shears as we were also weeding and uh, clipping back some of the things that were harder to pull out. And inadvertently, to this day, I don't know how inadvertently he did this because it was about an inch thick, Ross had actually cut through a vine. Now, if the vine had been a weedy vine, no big deal. But it was a good vine. It was a vine that Mrs. McKay, the owner of the estate, had been nurturing to grow onto the fence line of the tennis court for years. I found out how many years later, it was 15 years, but that's not to be known at this point. All we knew is the vine had been severed and the hope was maybe it wasn't that important. Maybe it was just a small little shoot that went off to a little side direction. And really, to be honest, we couldn't really tell how far it went because it was such a thick plant and uh, many vines. So our hope was it wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, we uh, went inside and, and found some scotch tape and actually taped it together in the hopes that it would rejoin uh, what had been severed and the hopes that maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal. And, and you know what? For the next couple days, it really wasn't. Everything was just as it always had been. Green, growing, lush, gorgeous. <laughs> but then the 90-degree heat hit. And over the course of really just a few days, the vines started to wilt, and, and then it started to turn brown, and then the leaves started to fall off. And oh, how I wished it had just been one little tiny branch. It was almost the entire one side of the tennis court was affected. This was not good. It was not good at all. <laughs> in fact, it affected not only our livelihood for employment, but it set in motion Mrs. McKay being in a pretty bad mood and explaining to us how long she had been nurturing that vine to look the way it once did, and we had ruined it by cutting it. It's interesting, life lesson there, that it's pretty hard to sustain life when you're severed from your life source. We forget that way too often. We think we know better. We think, hey, this is going to make me feel really good. And, and we walk away from the vine and we pursue what we desire. And you know what? For a while, it goes okay. For a while, it feels good. We're, we're numb to the effects of being severed from the vine. And, and it seems like life is going to be just fine, but it catches up to us. We start to wilt. 
Uh, our, our leaves start to grow a little brown around the edges, and, and, and soon the full effects of death set, sink in. And so it goes with those who would think that life apart from Christ would go well. It doesn't go well. Oh, it does for a while. But when we know better, when our God reminds us of how important it is to stay connected to Him, why would we want to be disconnected? Why would we think that's a good idea? This great teaching of Jesus in John chapter 15 is, is one of those great places where Jesus teaches us a little bit about gardening. It's one of many places in Scripture where God uh, talks about the effects of gardening, good gardening techniques and bad gardening techniques, and what can happen as a result. Jesus identifies himself as the true vine, and in many Bible scholars recognize that what Jesus was saying there when he says the true vine is, is this is in reference to in the Old Testament where time and again the prophets declared that Israel had become like a vine that, that was dead and dying and withering. And Jesus was really the antithesis of that. He was the vine that was alive and well and connected in a relationship, a growing relationship with God, unlike Israel that again and again had separated itself, gone its own way, given into its own desires, given into its own whims and own thoughts of what freedom and, and those desi desires would be lived out. And God showed them again and again that apart from him, they would wither. Jesus, though, says, I am the true vine. In other words, apart from that, I'm the true vine that stays connected to the Father. Where there's health, where there's livelihood, where there's well-being. Very likely, as Jesus was walking with his disciples, most likely, he probably, they were walking next to vines. They were everywhere in those days, and it's quite likely Jesus pointed out a vine and used it as a teachable moment of saying, I am the true vine. But notice what he says beyond that. He makes it clear that the father is the gardener. He's the one who's the caretaker here. He says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Is fruit important? If you're going to be alive and well as part of the living thing called the church and the living thing called a child of God as part of his church. Is fruit important? You know, John the Baptist had something to say about this earlier in, in his ministry as Jesus is, is, is baptized by John. There's this word that, that John is out in the wilderness preaching a message of repentance, and he makes this reference. He says that the ax is already at the, 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 the trunk of the tree ready to chop it off, any of those who would bear no fruit in keeping with repentance. See, there's a link here that repentance and that realization that I am nothing, that I am broken, that I am hurting, that I am in need of forgiveness brings about a restored relationship that brings about, the result of which is, is fruit. That's why uh, James would say that, that uh, faith without works is dead, that, that the fruit of faith always is fruit, that, that there's, with faith, true faith, there will be fruit. It, it's kind of just a natural thing. I, kind of like this, when, you've heard me say this at different points, where if you walk through an apple orchard at night, have you ever heard the apples groaning to try and get bigger and grow, or the trees groaning to try and grow fruit? 
The answer is no. If you have, I'd like to talk to you because that's interesting to me. Um, you know, trees don't grunt and groan to try and grow fruit. It's a result of being a healthy, healthy tree. The result of being connected to the vine, a healthy vine in Jesus, is that fruit will happen. But as God points out, and Jesus points out as God, there are times in life where the gardener, the father, does some pruning. What does he use for that pruning? Now, now in, maybe in your garage you have some items similar to these. Um, it's a pruning shears, right? That, anybody have one of those? Very helpful for you know, taking off uh, dead branches or little sprigs that, that aren't doing very well and pruning a, a shrub or, or a plant back. Very, very helpful. Um, I also have some larger ones. Um, these are good for lopping off bigger things. And uh, of course, though, if the, if the job is really big, you, you need this, right? The hedge trimmer. And, and the thing is, is, you know, in, in our walk with, with God is we, we know those days of pruning will come. We never like it, though. And, and we don't always mind it if, you know, the, the father, the gardener kind of prunes off a little piece here, a little piece there. But it's when he starts getting into the loppers or the, the, the hedge trimmer that we, we start to get a little nervous. There are moments in life where we say, really? If I am really loved by the Father, why is he allowing this stuff to happen in my life? The brokenness, maybe it's a setback. Maybe it's a, a diagnosis of health that is not what you would have signed up for or marital struggles or relational struggles. And, and maybe though the Father doesn't cause it, he allows it. And you say, how can this be? If I'm connected to Jesus and I'm loved by him, why would he prune me? And we don't always think of it as pruning. We think of that the Father is out to get us. I've heard people say that. Why is God out to get me? What have I done? And the answer is maybe he loves you enough to allow you to go through hard times. Last fall, I consulted someone in our our, our school family uh, for some landscaping advice and she came over and, and some of it involved some uh, trimming that was needed on a tree in our front yard and she came over with with her crew one day and, and they started going to work on this thing and I came home and just saw what they were doing and I'm like whoa I mean that that's pretty extreme don't you think and I mean it did it looked terrible I mean it had been this beautiful full tree and it had over, been overgrown to the size of the house. It was going to jeopardize some other things. And, and they came in and they, they hacked this thing back. It looked terrible. I'm like, what are you thinking in my mind? I didn't say that quite because I was just thankful she was helping me out. But like, are you kidding me? That, that's way too much. She said, don't worry. She even read my mind. She says, it might look like we're cutting it back way too far, but you just wait. This tree will be healthier than it's been in a very long time. Like, how could it be? I mean, look at it. It's just terrible. There's all these places where you can see where it was cut off. It looked horrendous. And guess what happened this spring? The tree looks better than it ever has. Because the pruning, though it was extreme, it brought about a great, greater fruitfulness. The flowering on this tree this spring was incredible. Because the, the tree had been pruned by a gardener with expertise to know health doesn't come by just letting things grow at will. It comes by nurture. And sometimes that nurturing hurts a little bit. But God is working through that. I love um, one time, 
And I've shared this in a Bible class before. Shane and I were going through a tremendously difficult time in our marriage and had sought some, some counseling and help in the midst of that. And, and we'd come back from one of those counseling sessions just broken and just feeling overwhelmed. Like, how is this going to work out? And, and just tired and exhausted. And, and I remember we walked into a Starbucks and uh, we had ordered, uh, our, both of us ordered cappuccinos and I just remember that. And, and there was a girl working there and she said, hey, how are you today? She's happy to see us. She recognized us. We'd come in there frequently. And, and, and I don't know if it was just the disposition she could read right into it. I think we said, hey, we're, we've been better, I think is my response. And then say, hey, we're great because we weren't great and we didn't look great. And um, we've been crying. It was probably obvious, right? And, and, and we were just tired and exhausted. And, and she didn't say much. She just said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And got our drinks ready. And we grabbed them. We went outside. We were walking toward our car when right as I hit the, the clicker to open the locks, this girl came running out of Starbucks. She said, hey, wait, can I talk to you for a moment? And we're like, sure. And, and she took both of us and, and held on to each of our hands, just kind of like grabbed just each of us right here. And she looked us in the eye and she said, the Father is pruning you right now in order that you might bear greater fruit in the future. Trust him in this time. He will lead you through this time. And she walked away. And we got in the car, and I mean, you know, just ball it. And like, what led her to do that? God was leading her to say that, but those words were exactly what we needed to hear, to be reminded that in times of pruning, often what God is doing is he's preparing us for greater fruitfulness than we could ever imagine. And if we hadn't gone through the pruning, if we hadn't gone through times of hardship, we'd never get it. And it's part of being healthy as part of the vine. Jesus says, this is something we can expect. And even says it, how does that pruning happen? He gets pretty specific here. He says, you're already clean, talking to his disciples, because of the word I have spoken to you. That it's connected to the word. Time in the word, in the presence of Jesus, in his word, has its effect on us. A pruning effect. And those can be in ways it seems like, oh, I guess I didn't realize I needed to grow there. And God reveals that through his word. But he also then reveals his grace, his mercy, and forgiveness. That continues to bring life and vitality in our life, in our walk with him. I was thinking about this. Um, I, I remember early on when we first bought a house, uh, something I learned the hard way is I didn't know the difference between uh, shade plants and sun plants and flowers. Do you know what I'm talking about in this? Uh, when you buy a plant or a flower, there's a tag, and it, it says on it if that plant can tolerate shade or if it's a full sun kind of plant. And, and often, it's the full sun plants that are the most beautiful and most flowery and gorgeous. And, and, and I remember early on, I'd always buy those because I liked them and they were more pretty. And, and I thought, oh, who cares what the tag says? It'll work. The problem was our entire property was covered in shade, including our front steps. So I'd always buy these beautiful flowering plants, put them on the front porch and say, isn't it great? And you know what? For the first couple weeks, they would be beautiful. But then they just stopped flowering. And it's, the reason is because the absence of sun. You know, God has actually created us and we walk around with a tag, whether you knew it or not, it's on your heart and it's, it says full sun needed. We are full sun people. 
We need to be in the light of the Son of Jesus, the one who has called us into the light, out of the darkness of, of our sin, and into the light of the gospel, the light of his love, the light that, that sheds light into a new way, and the Spirit of God that has its way in our life. That's why uh, Paul would later write about the fruit of the Spirit, that when that Spirit of God, through the Word of God, connecting us to the vine, Jesus begins to bear fruit. Well, what does it look like to be that kind of flowering of a, of a plant in a vine? Well, here's what it looks like. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, read it with me. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit that comes by way of being connected to Christ. Full sun people. And this summer, we're going to grow in these fruits uh, to discover what it means to stay even closer to Jesus than we ever have been before through his word. We're going to dive into that word and see what it looks like to stay connected to him and what that fruit would look like as God has his way with us more and more. Uh, to give a more example of this, I, I, in the close here today, our first house that we bought, I got an amazing gift from a woman named Sue Fulton. Um, who actually, the fruit of the Spirit, very much alive in her because of her connection to our Savior Jesus. Sue came over when we closed on the house and gave us a gift and actually filled up about a, a 10 by 10 section of our backyard. And in that area were all of these plants. They were perennials, so the kind that keep coming back year after year. And, and with them, she, she gave us some instructions. She says, do plant them. Um, and she said, but I want to tell you something. When you plant them, you can expect three things. At first, they're going to weep. And, and as they get healthier and that root system establishes, they're going to start to creep. But then they're going to really leap as they become healthier and healthier. She says, expect that. At first, it might be difficult. It might be hard. But eventually, that plant, if you nurture it and spend time in there, making sure it is healthy, guess what's going to happen? It's going to leap. She says, I can't wait to see the results. You know, this summer we're going to spend time growing toward leaping as God's people, being nurtured in his presence, in the presence of the gardener. And may God bless us in that. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you invite us to remain in you. That when we realize that apart from you, we can do nothing. We just start to shrivel up. We, we start to die. Lord, we long to be alive, we long to bear fruit, and we pray that you work in our minds and our hearts as we spend time in your cleansing, pruning word to become healthier and healthier as your people. Lord, it's your desire for us. Fruit is important, but it's not fruit for the sake of fruit, Lord. It's, it starts with a faith relationship with you that finds its health and well-being sustained through you in your word. Help us to open our minds and hearts to spend time there this summer, to grow and find that amazing gift of moving from being weepers to leapers. In Jesus' name, amen.